So before we even say our normal opening on this week's episode, we just wanted to put in a content warning. We are going to discuss death and loss in this episode. We'll have a little bit more details at the beginning of the show. But if you are like, this is not for me right now, that is fine. We will see you next week. Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. On a kind of serious note, can we talk about the uh, loss of a player in the game? Yeah, that seems like something we could we could probably at least chat about. All right, cue topic inappropriate uh, opening. <laughs> Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, we got a message from Nissa who asked us, I seem to remember you did a topic about players that had to leave a game, but what about players that unexpectedly shed their mortal coil? How do you respect any plot lines and what about grieving their loss? Ooh, okay. First, it's a pretty heavy topic for today. So we're going to try to... Um, Keep it a bit somber, but not like depressing or anything, but give it kind of the respect it deserves. Um, So if you are new to the show, um, this is a slightly more serious topic than we normally cover when it comes to jamming advice. Uh, Hit our hit our like previous episodes if you want to get a a feel for what we sound like on a on a regular week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Indeed. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll just open up really quickly. Um, Neither of us have had this come up in our game groups yet. Um, We've been both fortunate to um, we've we've had game groups come and go over the years, but we've never had anyone pass uh, while part of our game group. Um, So keep that in mind as we proceed um, that we have not even neither one of us has actually had this happen. So we're going to give our thoughts on this. But they're coming from a place of kind of a more clinical abstract than a more practical place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think I can say honestly, though, like both of us have lost people, um, but it hasn't ended up being like part of the game situation. Correct. So I think we've both experience, have some experience with grief and loss. Um, but but that's something that, you know, kind of is very individual to every person. So again, we are extrapolating in a theoretical sense. Um, and, you know, I will probably say this again later, but what we're basically going to do is um, chat through some thoughts that we had on it, doing that extrapolation um, in, in the, from the theoretical perspective for us, and lay out kind of a buffet of some thoughts and ideas. Um, just like a buffet, this is there for you to take what you want, leave what you don't want. Um, if nothing looks good, no problem. If everything looks good, fill up your plate. However it works is great. Yeah, so we're going to start today with um, we're going to start today by talking about losing a player, and in terms of that, losing a player who is playing a character in the game, yeah. and then at the end of this, we'll come back and talk about um, what happens if that player is the GM. Yeah, because that it might have more more you know different impact, right? It has different questions for sure. It has different some, questions. There's some different. Yeah. 
different like what do you do um kind of questions but yes and so just to reiterate (laughs) i just said some of this but just to reiterate um neither phil nor i are grief counselors or professionals in this in any sense at all um and so again we are doing this in the theoretical um and um take what feels good leave what doesn't um yeah and let's that. just let's just acknowledge that everyone uh, experiences and processes grief differently. So what um, what works for you may not work for somebody else at your table, um, or maybe you all are processing it the same way. There's no real way to know. Um, there's no timetable for it, and um, it'll just it's a process you go through. Yeah, fair enough. Very fair. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. So. In um, so we're gonna start right after we're gonna start right at the beginning with um, what happens after the person passes, right? So you've you've now found out that a member of your game group, one of the players, um, has passed away. So the first thing that could happen, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen. And again, I just get one last caveat. Yes. Everything that we're saying comes with no judgment. So yeah. when so what I'm going to say next comes with no judgment if you're not doing it the way I said. So it's my feeling, like just thinking about it myself, that the the first thing is I'm not going to be in a mood to play for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Like I think like that's just not going to be a thing um, that I'm I'm going to want to do is like like get back to the table right away. I probably will want to hang out with everybody and and like be in the presence of my friends because I am socially friends with all of my fellow players. So this is not a group of like strangers who come together to play a couple games, have a little chit chat and never talk to each other. These are my friends. So I would absolutely want to be in their presence, but I think it might feel strange, at least for me, to play. Right, to immediately play, especially if you tried to jump in as if nothing had happened. I think that would be extremely difficult, um, right? But so depending on how you approach it, maybe it would be a good thing. I don't, it depends, right? Do what feels it, right for you and your group, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, and and kind of go from there. So if if jumping back in immediately is like a good way to just go through that, cool. But make sure everybody's on board with that. Um, and then, you know, depending on your group, when you're not playing, might be a good time to share memories or tell gaming stories or tell um, kind of your favorite gaming moments or things that you liked about them or their character, etc. Right. Or even if not any of that, even if it's not even that specific, then just being around others who are experiencing the same kind of loss as you can be very comforting, right? Even if you're just kind of all in each other's presence because this was a member of your group, um, there's a good chance you're all experiencing this in a pretty similar way, right? Because they were playing a pretty similar role um, in everybody's lives. Um, some people may have had a closer relationship, you know, et cetera, but um, it's a good place to go and just have that support, right? Yeah. And I mean, along the lines of, um, you know, like you might want to do something to kind of immortalize, um, you know, this lost player. Right. So maybe um, maybe in your game room, you want to frame a, you know, frame a picture of you guys all together um, or 
um, you could commission some artwork of their character, like one of their favorite characters. You could commission some artwork for that. Um, There are plenty of freelance, um, there are plenty of freelance artists um, who can, you know, who can do that work. Um, But, you know, maybe just something you want to put up um, in your game room, in your gaming space is just kind of a, you know, reminder, like a little, you know, little reminder of, of that person. Right. Um, And I think there's, like you were saying, I think there's a lot of ways you could approach that. So if that feels appropriate, then you can also distinguish what feels appropriate for that person and that character. Which is also nice. Like, I mean, you know, you could retire their dice set, Um, you know, like find a nice, find a nice container, like put their dice set like i have a lot of containers for dice because i because <laughs> i have i have dice for very specific i've had dice in the past for very specific things but like putting like putting up some dice or something like that on a shelf right might be a nice like again sometimes it's nice to memorialize like to have something to remember that person by yeah. so that's and definitely a thing you could do as a group right and and just to also like uh, in in a um, tangible sense, acknowledge the fact that they're not there anymore, which I think is also important um, mm-hmm. a lot of times just because then it doesn't have to be the elephant in the room. It can just be there, right? And yeah. you've acknowledged it. And sometimes that makes things more comfortable. Um, I think once you kind of, um, you know, when you decide that it's time to start gaming again, whenever that is, Um, I think that's when we start getting into some decisions um, that need to be made as a group. Um, So the very first one is, you know, do you remain a group? Do you want to keep playing together? Um, And, you know, depending on the situation, this may or may not be true. For me, I can't imagine stopping playing with my group. Um, But that's because they are also like my support group and my people. Um, but sometimes people just play together because that's what they do together is just game, right? And maybe in that circumstance, it's not as comfortable, especially if the person who passed away was the person who kind of connected everyone, um, you know. So there are circumstances in which maybe maybe this game group doesn't continue. And there are definitely circumstances in which case it absolutely does continue, right? We're going to carry on from this point forward with the assumption that you have had a discussion as a group and you've decided to remain a game group um, and that you're going to stay together and keep playing games. Yeah. So deciding to stay together, right, and deciding that you're ready to return to playing games, there are two uh, main questions that you need to answer. Uh, The first one is, do we want to resume the game we are playing yeah right and there are arguments for this in in both directions right you uh might be too painful to do it so no we don't want to play like we don't want to continue that game slash campaign again or um that's exactly what they would want us to do would be to continue on with this campaign um or this campaign has been really long running and you know like everybody's highly invested in it so there's no right answer to this it's a group answer yeah um What's, what's the second question? Yeah, and then the second question is, do you want or need to add anyone to the group? Which this is, this is kind of based on group size and what size you like playing with. Um, if you have now dipped down beneath the number of players that you kind of need to fill out or play the table size that you like the best, 
then this is the next consideration. Do you do you need to adjust the group size um, to expand or contract? And this may also apply um, if, as a group, you've mostly decided you still want to play, but someone has decided that they're not into it anymore. Um, so you've you know you you end up with a net result player loss of more than one person. Um, then this could be um, even more of a consideration, right? Or if the group splits mm-hmm. in half or something weird, you know, because um, depending on, you know, not everybody's necessarily going to make the same decision about remaining in the game, remaining in the group. I hope that you all do. Um, but if you don't, um, then you may be adding, talking about adding people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you may, so I'm going to extrapolate this from a friend of mine um, who had a situation that wasn't RPG related, but just, Give me, give me a little latitude here. Um, I had a friend of mine who, um, whose dad passed away years ago, a few years ago, and the dad had a, a group of friends that all met on Sunday mornings for breakfast. And for a good while, um, my friend went instead of his dad, like went to that breakfast with his dad's friends. Um, and we are reaching an age as... Um, older gamers where our teenage, our 20 or 30 year old um, kids may be also playing. And so that addition to the group might be like the child of the person who passed, right? right. Like could be kind of like a legacy or, you know, kind of thing. So, cause it, my gut feeling at first is like, don't add anyone to the group. Cause we're going to talk about right. our feelings about this right. in a second, but, <laughs> right, yeah. but there are some, but there are some additions that might feel like a healing kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, just, so yeah, this is, this is all very circumstantially based. <laughs> right. So. I mean, the question, I think the questions, the, the questions, questions are, are valid. Good. Yeah. How you answer them as a group is going to be very much a personal um, personal feeling. And again, with all group decisions, right, make sure everybody's heard, work to a consensus, something that everybody is enthusiastically um, supportive of, right? That enthusiastic yes. consent, not the half-hearted consent. That's never, you know, we've talked about that before. Yes, 100%. Okay. All right. So I think I, I, I brushed against this briefly, yeah. but in regards to these two questions, just hypothetically, where do you fall on yeah. these questions? Um, for me, from a hypothetical perspective, and this is completely extrapolating with my current group and my current life circumstances, um, we play new games all the time. We turn over games um, very frequently. Um, uh, usually every, well, I mean, I say very frequently, but it depends on how fast we get to actually play through them. We don't play that many sessions of any given game. Since we turn over games pretty quickly, um, my instinct would be that we would play a new game um, and that we would probably not add anyone. Having said that, also knowing my crew, there's, um, and and sort of what feels right to me personally, I think there's also um, a pretty strong chance that while we wouldn't actually um, continue to play the game that we were currently playing, that we might, you know, end that game and move on to something else, we might still have some time to basically um, narrate a quick conclusion to that game just so that it's not, um, you know, hanging out there incomplete in whatever way. Like we might still um, just as a as a group have some sort of understanding about how all of the situations we built resolved themselves um, just because that's a that's another facet of closure. Right. 
Um, So that would be my instinct. My instinct would be that we would probably um, find a way to close the close the end of that current running game um, without continuing it um, and then move into something else. And we probably would not add anybody new. Yeah, I I pretty much echo those same things. I um, I play a lot of games. So for me, like shutting down a game and switching games, that's, you know, that's par for that's par for the course. (laughs) I got a stack of games um, and we just move on to it. And yeah, I think for a while. I don't think I want to add anybody to the group. I think eventually maybe we'll add somebody to the group for, for yeah. a little while. I think until I think until the group reaches a place where its own loss has been processed. Yeah. I think I don't think we would add anyone else. I think I one because um I think it puts the person who gets added into kind of a weird space. Yeah. Like you know, like you're you're unintentionally unintentionally and not through any fault of your own you are now a replacement for someone who passed away and we're all going to compare you to them and even when we say we're not going to it's going to happen accidentally and also you are the one person in this group who is not experiencing the understanding of losing that person um yeah um it sounds like a difficult position to be in for a new person and again with all of these things, if it feels right for your group, you should do it. But I like just it, saying yeah. for me, I think it would just be like, hold this group. Let's play a little. And at some point it'll feel okay to be like, Hey, we should ask so-and-so to come like to come join us. Right. If there's yeah. someone that you're like, Ooh, this person would be really fun to play with. It's not that you should certainly not that you should never ask them. Um, but yeah. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Cool. I think the other thing that's really important in terms of getting back to the table and starting to play again is having another safety discussion. Um, Whether that's part of a new session zero for a new game or like inserted before you continue a continuing campaign, whatever that is, um, there may be new things you need to discuss as a group that are now safety considerations that didn't used to be safety considerations. Um, And just be aware that, um, you know, as we said, grief and loss is a process and so be extra aware that anything related to that from a safety perspective um you know safety is always an evolving thing that should evolve and change at the table as necessary but this is one of those times i'm going to specifically call out that grief and loss is an evolving um you know processing situation so just be extra aware that your safety considerations may continue to evolve for a while right but definitely have another safety discussion before you start playing um part of that discussion is probably you know how do you deal with it when stuff comes up because it's probably going to come up yeah and i mean depending on how the person passed away maybe there are some new things that are going to be um lined in your game like like for for instance for instance if um and again this is completely hypothetical but if you're um if the player who died died because of say um uh, drunk driver hit them yeah like where is your comfort level now in the game with talking about inebriation drinking and stuff like that right within the game like you might not or car, be okay or car accidents right like or car, yeah, yeah All like of that, there right? there may be things where you're just like you know what um we just need to line out a few things here um because they're right now they're just too raw and like you said it's an evolving thing so maybe later after grief has been processed um it no longer needs to be a line and maybe it's a veil or maybe it goes back into play, but like might just need for a little bit to add to your lines and veils. Right. 
Excellent point. All right. If, um, again, if you're coming back and you've decided to play the same game, um, now we need to talk about what to do with the current story arc and how to accommodate the loss of the player and their character. Now, we've actually done this episode before because we've talked about players who can't show up to games, players who leave games unexpectedly, things like that. What you're looking to do here is you need to um, like maintain some amount of continuity and you may need to kind of edit some storylines um, to kind of make things work in the absence of that character. Plus you will need an explanation for where, like what has happened to that character. That's, I mean, in a nutshell, the things you need to kind of, you need to uh, address and you can do it as a group or the GM could just kind of come up with it. But like, however you get there um, for continuity's sake, there was a time in the game where that character was there. Now we're in a place where that character is not there. And for continuity's sake, so that we don't all, you know, kind of wrestle with it, we have to have some sort of explanation that explains how we got from one state to the other. Yeah, and I think the key thing is just um, all of the recommendations in that episode probably hold, but we have to immediately acknowledge the heightened emotional impact of a player actually passing away versus a player just being like, oh, no, I had a baby. I can't play anymore, whatever it is, right? Um, Which is the kind of stuff I think we talked about a bunch in that episode. Well, Um, we did, because what we talked about in that episode is things like, oh, I'm having a baby. Yeah, it's very much uh, allows you talking about. Right. Well, it allows you to off ramp. Right. So it lets you it lets you like set up the story to say like, okay, like, look, we know by month seven, we need to start working you like we need to get you in a place where at any moment you may or may not be. And by month eight, we need to really not consider that you're going to be here for every game. And by month nine, like you're out, you're not (laughs) like, yeah, exactly. Um, and I say that as a parent who had a preemie. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, you might be like, oh, we don't have to worry about the month nine. Mm, start early. <laughs> um, start early. Babies, babies don't always keep schedules. No, babies um, do what they want to do. Um, so anyway, so anyway, the, the harder part of this, which is what you're touching on. Yeah. Is that depending on the circumstances, this could have been very sudden. Now, it, it could have been very it, sudden. And then. Also, on top of that, some of the options that might have been completely fine for like, oh, someone left, um, may not feel as good emotionally when someone actually died. So like, like that's killing their character. Right. Might. Um, might not. Depends on how you address it. Right. Um, yeah. So so it is the kind of thing that like, you know, take those um, suggestions um, with the acknowledgement of the much heightened emotional impact of the decision that you're making and the situation that you are in. Right. That's, that's all I wanted to throw in there. (laughs) Nope. It's fine. And we'll, we'll give a couple tips right now. We're going to draw from some other media, TV and things like that to kind of talk about ways to deal with this. I was as an aside watching, um, retro TV the other day and, um, news radio was on for those older folks that are listening to us. Uh, and, um, actor and comedian Phil Hartman um, died during the course of that show is um, I believe it was a domestic incident. He was shot and killed by his wife um, and the show had to deal with the sudden loss of his character. And um, they basically wrote it off as he had a heart attack. Um, and then they did like a whole episode where basically the characters processed through like what that meant and kind of had to deal. And I think the actors also had to kind of deal with it in a very short space. Yeah. Okay. 
So um, anyway, looking at other media, some ways you can deal with this, right? Um, we'll ping pong through these really quick. The first one is you could just skip ahead, right? If you are in the middle of a current story arc um, where that character was involved and it's just too much to keep playing in that story arc, you can narrate out what the rest of what happens. And with it, narrate what happens um, with the character, right? You can just mm-hmm. narrate them out nicely, skip ahead to a new story arc where the group is without that character and now ready to uh, begin their adventures. Right. Um, you can uh, write them off off camera so that that's kind of the what you were just describing from that TV show, right? Like something mm-hmm. happened off camera. Um, we all know that it happened. We're not going to see it on screen. Um, and now we are dealing with the fallout of it and we can deal with that in game, whatever that thing that you decided happened to that character. Um, you know, we can deal with the fallout of it in the game itself, um, but we're not we're not going to see it necessarily take place on the screen we just acknowledge mm-hmm. that it happened and go from that point yeah the next one which i put down because it's an option i i personally would i wouldn't do this but yeah um, again i'm with you uh, on this one but right, again I, I, we can't as you know no assumptions no and assumptions. no judgment. Yeah. I just i i have like i was thinking through some of my current campaigns and was like yeah i don't think i would do this you could turn that character into an NPC, keeping the character around um, under the control of either the GM or it could be um, a group thing um, where the uh, players all take at, di- at different times, take control of the character or something like that. I have feels about it, but I can't say that it wouldn't work in some situations. It probably would work just fine in some situations. Yeah. Again, this is like a group discussion for like what everybody's comfortable with. And if that's Mm -hmm. what worked for everyone, then awesome. Like do it. Um, And the last one is that you can also take the opportunity. Here's the thing, right? You're not in movie media, so you don't have to have pre-recorded footage. You have the opportunity to, as a group, um, create the on-screen um, end point for that character that is satisfying and provides closure for the group or what they would have wanted, right? And when I say end point, that does not necessarily mean that you have to reproduce that character passing away in your game the same way um, that they did or anything like that, right? Um, find the the exit ramp for that character. And maybe that means that they, you know, get to go off and live with their love interest on the farm that they always dreamed of, um, whatever it is, right? Find the off-ramp for that character. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It could look like a massive heroic in-game death. That's okay. Um, that would give your characters an opportunity to grieve in the same way that you may be grieving as people. And that is also totally okay. So this is one of those times, again, <clears throat> whatever works for everybody if you don't want to deal with that death in game in an in-game sense don't you can find a different off-ramp for it and still narrate that character out of the game in a really satisfying way for everyone to have closure on their participation um or if it feels better to be able to um express some of the stuff as an in-game expression um as well as a group that is also totally fine Maybe the coolest thing that could have ever happened and the thing that they always wanted was to go out saving the party. You can do that, right? So again, this is 
have a conversation. I don't think this one is one that the GM should decide by themselves. <laughs> I think this is one everybody should have a conversation. You should decide how you're going to approach it um, and what that best um, off-ramp looks like. Um, acknowledge that it could be um, very emotional to play through this part of the game and decide if everybody's on board with it. And then, you know, proceed with whatever that thing is that feels the best <laughs> mm-hmm. for that off-ramp point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Switching to our uh, secondary uh, topic on this, what happens if it's the GM who passed away? So most of what we said um, so far still remains true, right? Are you going to remain a group or not? Um, and it might be more challenging now because sometimes the GM is the anchor, yeah. right, for that group. So are you going to remain a group or not? That That's definitely a question you need to have. Um, are you going to resume the same game we're playing? That's going to have an additional challenge, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and do you want to add anybody to the group? All still valid questions. Um, but now trickier because the kind of the hub, right, the kind of... And sometimes, depending on your group, the de facto person who coordinates the group or schedules, those kinds of things. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, now it's the GM who's passed away. So there, I think the biggest question, Sunday, do you want to take this? What is the biggest question you have to ask um, in this situation if everybody's agreed that you should stay together and be a group? Right. We're starting from the same assumption point as the last series of questions, which is you've decided to keep playing together. And I think the first and biggest question that you have to address in this situation is who is going to actually run the next game? Right? Like, who's going to, yeah. who, not even the next game, who is going to run games now? <laughs> right? Um, I'm very lucky in that everyone in my current group is a GM, right? But um, I don't think that that's super typical. I think that very frequently groups have a a consistent GM, if not a forever GM. I'm looking at you, Phil. Um, <laughs> the forever GM. While, while I am a forever GM, the rest of my group actually also GMs uh, for yeah, the most just, part. Not everybody. Never GM for you. <laughs> Well, I like to GM and, and everybody else also likes to play. So like right. in a pinch, right? Like I, I mean, do it. I, have, I have Jerry, I have Chris, like I have Glenn, like all of those guys have like plenty of jamming experience. So um, somebody could GM. Right. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the first kind of hardest question. Who's going to GM? Yep. Yeah. And, it, and it'll be important because without a GM... Um, you're going to have to play a certain type, a certain style of game. Yeah. Right. It, it doesn't mean you can't game, but your traditional style games are, are you know, are going to be out unless you have a GM. You yes. could absolutely play like, you know, collaborative GM-less games, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Distributed GM games, that kind of thing. Okay. Then the question is, after you have a new G- GM, are you going to continue the same campaign? Yeah. Now, this one's trickier because before when we lost a player, we, the GM was first already still part of the game and, and just had to accommodate the loss of the player in the story. With the loss of the GM, the party's intact, right? So all the major characters are there, but who knows what comes next? Um, yeah. And, and this gets to be tricky, right? So if you're, 
um, if you've got a published adventure, it's probably not as big of a deal because, you know, whoever's going to GM could read through the published adventure, kind of figure out what was done differently and like carry on the game. But if it's a homebrew, yeah, right. If it's a homebrew, um, how extensive were those, you know, the other person's notes? Um, is there enough material? Like, is is the world established enough that another person coming in could be like, yeah, I can pick this up from where it left off, um, and and you know go forward, um, that kind of thing. And and that's pretty tricky. And I think the best uh, example of this is kind of um, in literature is Brandon Sanderson, right? Like coming in to take over. Um, Gosh, why the uh, wheel? Wasn't it Wheel of Time? The Robert Jordan books, yeah, yeah. Wheel of like, Time. Like, like I mean, Brand, this is the closest example I have of this, right? Is that like Brandon Sanderson shows up to write the next set, you know, like the next couple of books, yeah, and finish out the series based on the stuff that had previously happened, right? The existing books and a bunch of notes. Yeah. To be fair. If I remember correctly, and I might not be remember, remembering, uh, remembering correctly, <clears throat> who still getting over that cold? Um, I think that he also was kind of there for the writing of the last book that Robert Jordan actually did, and had a lot of conversations with him directly. Do I remember that correctly, or did he you just get the I, notes? I don't remember. Not one hundred percent sure, but anyway, but it's a pretty it's a pretty close analogy, right? It is it's a pretty close. Yeah. And, and it's a hard handoff. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot. I, so if a GM steps up to be like, yes, um, I will take over as GMing and I am going to grab um, the notes and I'm going to keep running this campaign. Like that is a that is a bold that is a bold step. And I tip my hat to a person um, who is willing to do that because uh, it, it, it doesn't come. It comes with some pressure. Yeah, it definitely it does. With, yeah. But but some people might be able to do it. Now, if your game is the kind of game where you've had rotating GMs, where everybody has had a sh- like a shot of rotate of of playing this world, and you're like, yeah, we're still going to play in this world, like we'll just rotate GMs and keep going. Great, like totally works. Um, I'm a person who leaves some notes behind, but I also make up a lot of stuff like while I'm working on the adventure. So, could somebody pick up and keep going from one of my things? depends Mm, i don't write any notes (laughs) yeah which means maybe that's better no maybe that's worse right like it depends on who's taking over because um if i were trying to take over for someone who had left a multitude of notes i would panic that i didn't know everything well enough and that i wasn't going to remember everything um and that i was going to get something wrong which is actually the same panic that i have with pre-written adventures and why i don't usually use them um, just because I'm always scared that I'm going to do it, quote, wrong, right? Because there is so much material. Um, and I am not necessarily good at keeping it all in my head at the same time. Um, and this so, might be the case for not continuing the same campaign. Yeah, right? I mean, like this, it, again, it's going to have a lot to do with um, your comfort level, um, how much you think you like you have in terms of material or can guess all of those things well and i think there's a even another consideration which is also it's a little different when you are trying to continue someone else's brainchild and so i think there's a another safety consideration just inherent to this question which is do you all feel 
like you can continue to play this game in a safe way, like just for you emotionally, um, yeah. because this is going to be constantly um, the brain baby of someone who's not here anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, which might be the exact reason you want to keep the game going, it could right? Be. Because it kind of, it, because it, it, it's a tribute to them. It's immortalizing. Kind of yeah. Yeah. But it but could also, also be the, same the reason time, that you don't want it, right? It, it yeah. really could go either way. It could um, be just, you know, too big of shoes to fill kind of thing. Yeah. And and I think that leads us pretty pretty gracefully to the last point, which is that um, whether you actually finish the campaign or not, um, in the same way as if, if this were a player, is there a way that you want to um, memorialize or conclude the game to provide closure on that front, which is it's just different if it's the GM because you're not talking about an individual player character that you can, you know, give a happy ending to to wrap things up or whatever it is right so it's a little it's potentially a little bit more complicated to find um that resolution point um Mm -hmm. but you know or or but also like you could use the dice that they used for that game and do a more tangible um memorial sort of situation or honoring like we were talking about um earlier as well but like that that also bears conversation um in that whether the campaign continues or not, is there a way in which in game you um, you take the time to acknowledge um, or honor that person? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and it's going to be really game by game based on how you could approach that. Um, just because it's the GM and they don't have that one single point of contact with the game world the way that a player does. <clears throat> Lastly... We just need to now step back from the roles of player and GM and acknowledge that the loss of any person in your group changes your group dynamic. Absolutely. We've talked about this before, um, but this could be, you know, very sudden change to your group dynamic. Um, It is going to happen, right? The uh, change up no matter what changes group dynamic. There are lost roles. Yep. So there's the, you know, the role or niche, the person, the character, the person's character played in the game, but there's also the role that the person played in the group. It could be that the person who's gone is the person who handled scheduling the game. Yeah. And now it needs to be scheduled or they the, bring all the snacks. Or the person who took the best notes. Yeah. You know. who, yeah. Now who's going to take the notes for the game? Those kinds of things. In addition to that. And I think we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on this show. Did we talk about Norman Storman? Um, uh, yeah, I think we did, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think we talked about it with group adjustments specifically. Yeah. Exactly. So that's going to happen again, right? Yeah. So even if you don't add anyone to the group and you go back to playing, realize that your group dynamic is now dysregulated again and needs to reach equilibrium. Yeah. It's going like you're going to fall backwards a little. And then as like you guys get used to the current group dynamic, you're going to move forward. And this is the, this is, and I can make the argument in both directions, why you might not or might want to, yeah. add somebody to the group, right? You might yeah. not want to because you want to get the group back up to that equilibrium. The counter argument to that is the group is already out of equilibrium. If we add another person to the group, then when we reach equilibrium, 
you we're won't all have together. to do it again yeah Correct. to add someone it's again gonna not like there is no right answer to this it's a thing you need to you need to consider but do recognize that even if nothing else changes the loss of this person has changed your group dynamic yeah absolutely and it will like your group dynamic will will remold it'll come back to a new equilibrium but not it's not going to be there day one yeah it's not an instantaneous thing it, t- it just takes time for things to settle back in right mm-hmm. absolutely all right uh, i think i feel like we've we've addressed everything that needed to be addressed can you think of anything else that we might need to uh I can't, need- I can't think of anything else. Um, I do just want to say really quickly um, to Nissa, thank you so much for this topic. It's a fantastic topic. And also, um, we are very sorry that you had to ask it. Um, so hopefully things go pretty well and you're able to get um, your game group back together and just, you know, thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, with that... Um, Let's just um, gracefully move towards the end of the show. Senda, can you first tell us about uh, another show on the Misdirected Mark Network, and then we'll head into the closing. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about Mastering Dungeons, where RPG veterans and game, de- and game designers, wow, uh, Teos Abadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of different viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. And I understand, now, this episode we're recording is going to come out... A little bit later than we recorded, right? We're we're actually now working with a little bit of a a, a, a buffer, um, one I, whole extra, one whole extra week of buffer. Um, but my understanding is that their episode that came out the first week of May had a bunch of cool, neat stuff in it that was brand new that Wizards of the Coast was just announcing. So you should probably check it out if you are into D anD D and you haven't listened to it yet. My guess is you probably already did. You probably did because now it's kind of late to tell you about it. But, you know, whatever. It's timely for me. I am past Senda (laughs) expressing to you in the future, future listener, uh, that if you haven't and you want to, you should go check it out. Okay. Before we get into the quantum uh, time (laughs) differential. Quantum podcasting. (laughs) Yes. Before we get any deeper into that, let's get into the closing. Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can hunt us down on the Tiki Talkies. Good luck with that. Uh, Once you find us in one of those places... Phil, what can they do with that information? Absolutely. Um, send us a question, a comment, a topic, whatever it is that you need us to cover. Our job here is to help you make your GMing more more fun, more better fun, um, so that you have more fun running games, so that you keep running games, so that this hobby keeps persisting. So whatever it is that's on your mind, even if it's something you're good at and you're like, you know what? If I could just be a little better at this, that would be even cooler. Maybe we can give you some advice. And if it's a thing you're struggling with, you should absolutely send it to us because we want to help you 
um, get past those bumps, those roadblocks, all of those things. So please do that. If you like what we do here on the Mistracted Mark Network, here on the Pandas Talking Games, elsewhere on the Mistracted Mark <laughs> Network, wherever, wherever you're listening. Whatever. Whatever um, you're listening to right now. <laughs> supporting our, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Slack Room for Life. They get the Bamboo Lounge, which is us chit-chatting after the show, as well as um, the after show from Mr. Dr. Mark, which is those guys, which includes me, chit-chatting after they do their show. They're pretty good, and they're pretty candid. There's no prediction to what's going to get talked about in those, but whatever. The Slack Room really, though... Uh, that's the that's the money. The Slack Room is a great group of people talking about a whole bunch of things, including role-playing games and life and all of that stuff. So, uh, And we have a Friday Zoom luncheon where people come in and hang out. We had a whole huge discussion this past Friday on um, fate. Um, I don't want to say versus because I don't want to pit them against each other, but fate in comparison to Cortex and how both games feel and play and stuff. like that. It was a really good like informal discussion. Really good stuff. Anyway... Um, if you are able to back our Patreon campaign, we uh, thank you immensely. It helps keep the lights on around here. If you're unable to back the Patreon campaign, we completely understand. But there is a thing that involves a little bit of your time. And if you have a little bit of time to spare, it helps us immensely. Send a what's that thing? Well, you can spread the word about pandas talking games. Talk about the talking pandas. There we go. That's a new one. We could stick with that. So you could let someone know that you think might be interested in the show or like talk about us on social media, wherever you like to chill. Um, when somebody says, hey, I'm looking for a new not actual play RPG podcast. If you feel so inclined, let them know that we exist. Um, or you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice where reviews kind of help things bubble up to the top when people are searching for podcasts. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, whew. Uh, you know what? I, I don't even have, I, I don't even have a question that goes to the yeah, end of this stuff. Really fair. Um, That's cool. We can just, Hey, can you just, can you put music here? Yeah. Cool. We'll just yes. do that. We'll just do that. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. Check, check. It is Looks clicky. good. All right. Do you want to do the content <laughs> warning? Um, sure. Okay. Um, hang on. I'm just looking at my levels. Really quickly. Uh, yep. I'm going to just boop. We're just going to boop for just a little bit and see where we go from there. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yay. Sound check sounds. Bloop. Cheerful music goes here. Cheerful music goes here. Sorry, guys. We only have one opening. <laughs> one song. It's okay. We can't. We don't want to be too much of a downer talking about this. It's sad stuff, but that doesn't mean that. You have to be all doom and gloom. Cue music. Oh, I thought we already did that part. I'm going to chop this up a bunch. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh dear. Okay. Um, so 
Sorry, I just got a text message and it completely blew my brain apart as I was already on this path. 